Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is about Ravi Modi, a business tycoon who's just made his debut on the world's billionaire list in Forbes India. He's the boss of Vedant Fashion that owns Manyavar, the popular ethnic wear apparel brand. And joining me to talk about his cover is the cover story author, Manu Balachandran. Hi, Manu. Thanks for joining in. Thank you, Abhishek. And I hope you're well and safe, uh, you know, after all this time. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes, all's well here. Although I just read that in Delhi, the cases are increasing much like in a couple of other cities in India. So I hope you are very well as well. Yes. And and we hope all our readers and listeners are, uh, you know, well masked yeah. and uh, are taking adequate precautions. Yes, we hope so too. Although that doesn't seem to be the, to be the case here in Mumbai, where <laughs> folks have now stopped pretending to wear masks even on their chins. So I think that's that's not happening anymore. Sure. But uh, coming to the cover, uh, Manu, the numbers are staggering. The Vedant is valued at 26,000 crore rupees. Uh, it has 600 stores, 230 cities is what its spread is. Uh, what was the motivation behind starting a brand of this size when uh, uh, Mr. Modi could have put his feet up and run his uh, 50-year-old uh, family-run shop uh, in uh, Calcutta, which, uh, incidentally, you visited for this piece? That's right, Abhishek. I traveled to Calcutta sometime early last week uh, to meet with Mr. Modi. Talking about the business, he started the business uh, in sometime in 1999. After a sort of a tiff with his father, I wouldn't, he wouldn't call it tiff, but you know, it's sort of an, uh, he, his father had meant, said something to him and he was a little upset about that with about 10,000 rupees that he borrowed from his mother. He started out Manuva. His family used to run or continues to run a store uh, in the AC market in Calcutta. AC market for our uh, listeners is one of the oldest, uh, you know, air conditioned markets, you know, much similar to what we have today as malls. But in the 70s, you know, that wasn't very common. And they had a 140 square foot uh, shop there, which was selling, uh, you know, men's garments, you know, from jeans to shirts and all of that. Uh, Modi, from the time he was about 13, when he joined senior school, he had been visiting his father's shop and running uh, most of the business with his father. Uh, interestingly, something that he told me uh, during that time is he used to look after customers who many of his uh, salesmen wouldn't want to deal with. Uh, they would tell him that, you know, these are customers who wouldn't buy anything. They're just coming, you know, loitering. They just see it and then they'll walk away. But Modi sort of took it upon himself and he would, uh, you know, convince these people. And uh, and that's how he started his uh, his life there. And uh, between that age of 13 to 21, he spent most of his time immediately after school at the store uh, with his father. And every evening they would walk back uh, from the store, uh, you know, to their house, which is about five minutes away. And one evening his father chided him for something that he had, you know, he thought was aggressive. And uh, that is when, you know, things sort of, the, they had a fallout. And the next day he took the money and walked away. Talking about his uh, philosophy of doing business itself, even though what would have started off as a, a knee-jerk uh, reaction to whatever that might have happened, he's not a great fan of taking on debt, uh, is what I understood from uh, uh, your cover. Uh, what, what is that about and, and why is that? He was very close to his father and his father had told him, you know, that you can relax today and, uh, you know, tomorrow you might be in sort of trouble or you can take all the trouble today and then tomorrow you relax. That's essentially the philosophy. So he went with that. He was very cautious about things. Uh, he was cautious about how he wanted to expand the business. Didn't want to take on any debt um, and instead, you know, worked his way around his business and then uh, ensured that uh, uh, they had enough working capital and, and you know, business sort of uh, flourished. And in just about two decades, uh, you know, he started out with 
you know, the markets of um, Uttar Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh, uh, Bihar, you know, these were markets not many people would sort of uh, go to. And he actually went into those markets first. Again, his father told him, you know, and he was referring to a survey that happened back in the day. Uh, and, uh, you know, his father asked him, why are you doing business in these states uh, while you can do business in Delhi, Bombay or any of these places? And he told his father that, you know, look, I, you know, I've been able to crack these markets. If I can do business in these markets, then that means I can go anywhere else in this country and do business, uh, which is what has happened, you know, 20 years down the line. His business is now, what, 26,000 crores. He started as all uh, retail outfits might. Uh, through a you know company owned system and then he later uh, got it down to the franchisee owned model and when was that and when when did he decide that it was time for him not to be involved or buy out stores and rather uh, you know give the baton to the franchisees so initially a lot of the business you know was dealing with uh, large format stores and things like that uh, multi brand outlets and you know he would go sell the clothes there but by I think about 2006, when his father unfortunately passed away, he was away from work for about six months and that gave him enough time to sort of strategize, figure out which way to go. And uh, I think he came to the conclusion that, you know, uh, large format stores or multi-brand outlets essentially don't care about data. You know, they're just concerned about having the stock there. Uh, he wanted to expand his business. So when he sort of understood that, you know, this wasn't, you know, the way to sort of uh, expand the business, he decided that we should sort of go with our own exclusive outlets, EBOs. That started in 2006, uh, sorry, in 2008 uh, in Orissa. And then eventually they realized that that is the best way to go instead of dealing with large format stores uh, who went sort of, you know, looking at data, who went looking, who went sort of understanding how the business should be done. That is why about 90% of uh, Vedant Fashion's uh, business today is through uh, EBOs. Uh, about 7 to 8% through the digital format. And I think about 3 or 4% through uh, the large format stores. And do you see that digital format bit picking up uh, given that folks are not averse to buying apparel online or because he is in the celebration space, which is entirely different. You need to be sitting and trying out different outfits rather than buy a pricey boutique uh, stuff online. According to him, you know, uh, today Maniwar has sort of become synonymous with, uh, you know, Indian wear. Right. So when, when people look at, uh, you know, wedding uh, wares and, you know, the first thing that sort of comes to their mind is Maniwar, which is obvious from, you know, the number of stores that they've managed to sort of mm. pull off uh, in, in, in all these years. The digital part of it, yes, it has been expanding. They've put together a team. His son is looking after that. The, the, that entire team is about 24, 25 years old. Right. Uh, he says, you know, people who are 30 also don't really understand digital, which is another area that they want to focus on. Oh. Uh, that has, of, of course, been growing. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, what he says has been Maniwar's USP is that they've just made the whole process of, you know, wedding shopping so much more easier. Uh, before Maniwar was around, you know, you had to go to a store to, you know, identify clothes, then get it altered, you know, everything was a sort of a hassle process, uh, which he has been able to sort of bring down through Maniwar. It's a one-stop solution for all your wedding uh, needs. And it helps that uh, the capital expenditure is quite minimal. It's asset light, as you write where apart yeah. from the salaries or basic overheads, there is nothing that he needs to worry about when it comes to working capital. That's right. Yes. Uh, I think it's been a, it's been a very asset light model. Um, he says they have margin of about 30, 30% and which hmm. sort of increased even during the lockdown. He says that's probably one of the, the top two companies that have got such a high margin in the way business is done. And I think that is the way he will be looking to expand the business in the future also. 
And how is he in person when you had a chance to talk to him or his colleagues about him? For instance, you cover a couple of small things like he he wears Indian clothes and, and obviously that goes with his brands. Uh, but he visits office just once a week, which is rather unconventional, so to speak, for an old school outfit where people frown upon folks who don't go to office. So uh, a very simple man. Uh, when I met him in Calcutta, he currently lives on the outskirts of the main city in a new town in something called Vedic Village. He ideally likes to meet people in the veranda of his house, a house that he moved in, I think, after sort of going and checking out, I think, as many as 12 houses. And he moved in just after the first lockdown. He says this is the place where he's found peace. Uh, he likes to meet people in the veranda, but it's just that, you know, Calcutta was very hot during the time that I had traveled to and very humid. So he, you know, to make me comfortable, he said, let's go sit in the AC room. But generally a very, very uh, pious, uh, soft-spoken person. But he's very sharp with his mathematics and, you know, he knows where he wants to take the business. He says, you know, clothes that we wear in India today, you know, say for instance, suits, you know, something that Britishers introduce us to, that is not ideal for the Indian conditions. And that is why he wants to instill a sense of pride, you know, in the Indian wear. And he wants more people to take up on Indian clothes and not just look at it as festive wear and, and sort of, you know, get a wider society to accept Indian clothes and wear that. Apart from that, uh, he's, 40, he's all of 45 uh, years old and got married very early, I think at the age of 21, and then had a child by the time he was 22. And after whom the business is actually named. So he's enjoying the life now. Uh, he says, I need to go to office only once a week. Uh, the rest of the time he spends looking at data, you know, identifying, um, you know, strategy for the business. Did he uh, talk to you a little bit more about data itself? You've brought it up a couple of times here. What kind of data does he crunch or is it, you know, to do with spotting trends? So something he referred to earlier was, you know, that, you know, when they were dealing with LFS uh, stores, uh, they would send stock in bulk. Uh, but, you know, he realized later that, you know, it was actually the the clothes in the range of size 40 and 42 that were selling the most. While, you know, the size above 42 were just, you know, being, just being held in the, in the stock. There were no takers for it. And, you know, LFS stores, they didn't really have the time to sort of look at that. But he eventually realized that this is the particular segment that was selling a lot in the in Indian context. That is something that he could identify while looking at, you know, data points. He looks at what sort of clothes are selling, what the designs that are selling, and then identify, you know, what, uh, what works for them, which is what he refers. And he says they have about 3% of the stock that has been, you know, that is the dead stock, dead stock. Which is, which is quite phenomenal uh, for the company. And the market itself is pretty big, isn't it? You write that it's 13,300 crore rupees right. as of FY20. So the celebration wear market and they are by far a monopoly then? And is that correct? Look, it's a, it's a, it's a, or, or rather a market leader, I'm afraid. I, I should yes, say. There's yeah. a fragmented market and in the organized segment, they have been able to uh, come mm. on the top, you know, as the market sort of consolidated going forward, I think they'll have an upper hand, you know, and, and like you said, you know, they become synonymous with Indian wear as you know, we go forward. Where does he go from here? What's uh, the grand plan? He intends to have, I think, about 150 more stores, of course, expand on the, on the retail uh, print. He's got some fabulous brand ambassadors who've done wonders for him and who he's, he's keeping even now. I mean, Mr. Bachchan, Ranveer Singh, uh, Karthik Aryan. So his philosophy was that there is the old superstar, um, there's the current superstar in Ranveer Singh and... Uh, the upcoming one in Karthik Aryan, I think, uh, you know, through the three of them, he's been able to sort of capture or present his case. Right. Because the, the target audience uh, does span generations, right? Not all products Absolutely. have that. For instance, you can't sell Pepsi to a grandmother, but you can indeed get a maneuver 
uh, outfit for somebody who's in their fifties and sixties or even twenties, uh, for that matter, where the whole family can shop. Yeah, and they say wedding weddings are recession proof. So even lockdown sort of forced you to stay indoors. I think eventually people will want to celebrate and go out. So he's got the upper hand there. He's of course, I mean, brought in a couple more segments. You know, there's the Manivar brand, then there's uh, Thome, which is going to be, a, I think, a little more premium. Then there's Manthen, which is, I think, one segment lower than Manivar. So he also cater to all the different sort of segments within the wedding market, whether you're poor or rich or you know whoever you are. Lovely. Thank you very much, Manu, for your time on this podcast and for a, an excellent cover story. Loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abhishek. Take care. Thank you. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, or any other application that you use to download such content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.